Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Group of five, group of five live. Group of five, group of five live. Are we talking about the American? Yeah. C-U-S-A. U-S-A. Yeah. of five live is part of the landry football network my name is chris mykoski and normally on the monday edition we would start with a look back at the weekend that was but this is a different kind of week because we've got a wednesday game that's huge a battle of sunbelt conference undefeateds with coastal carolina going to the ul lafayette raging cajuns That was originally scheduled for October 17th, then moved to October 10th when the UL Lafayette App State game got postponed. Now they're going to split the difference and play October 14th thanks to Hurricane Delta. Just one more oddity with the year, making it hard for Joe Cashin, the voice of the Chanticleers, to take any vacation time. Joe, thanks for making the time. We originally planned to do this uh, last week, previewing the uh the cajuns chanticleers game but uh this worked out well for the show and i hope it worked out well for you to to preview the wednesday game now chris thanks so much for having me on and giving me a chance to uh, preview this game from the chanticleers point of view you're exactly right i mean we've been all over the map on this game i mean originally scheduled for the 17th and then moved to the 10th and now back to the 14th it's kind of crazy how all this has come about and materialized but you know here we are and uh I am looking forward to this matchup. I mean, this ought to be a really good one. This probably is the biggest game to this point that we've, we've been in, quite frankly. I mean, against a ranked FBS opponent since coming up to FBS. And, you know, looking forward to the trip. You know, got word that, you know, Louisiana's okay, Lafayette's all right, and they're going to yeah. be able to host the game. And, you know, certainly glad about that and hope everybody's safe there. And looking forward to kicking this thing off Wednesday night. Well, Lake Charles – took the brunt of the hit from the hurricane a few weeks ago. And then I think a big concern there, Lafayette actually was spared uh, in both storms for the most part, which is just miraculous. And uh, yeah, very happy that uh, they didn't suffer too much 
in form of uh, property and obviously uh, loss of life. Uh, we didn't hear about anything uh, bad happening there. So yeah, very, very fortunate. But Joe, you mentioned you've been around the program since its beginning in 2003. First three and O starts since moving up to FBS. Coaches and players have to go game by game. You're not going to hear them looking ahead, but you are allowed to dream. How special could this season end up being? Very special, Chris. You know, we keep our ones healthy, uh, and we've got some good depth behind those guys, but if we can stay healthy and our kids keep believing, I mean, that's, you know, in, in my conversations with our head coach, Jamie Chadwell, it's a lot about belief, you know. I mean, this is really – it's his third year, but really his second season with the program that he wants to – to run the, the kind of culture that he wants and a lot of guys around him, assistant coaches that he's wanted to, you know, to bring in. It's his really his second season and the kids have really bought into this thing. And, you know, we, we win this thing Wednesday night. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit for this football team. Obviously there will be, you know, other Sunbelt tests after this one, you know, win or lose what happens Wednesday sure. night, we will have a, a tough road to hoe, but I mean, you know, gee whiz, uh, you can really start to look ahead and look down the line and say, you know, we get this one, we get that one, and all of a sudden <laughs> things can really fall into place for what could be a very special season. Yeah, and I had Coach Chadwell on before the Kansas game, which to be able to beat them two years in a row, just miraculous. And I, I told him on the program, you know, I went to Mizzou, so I, <laughs> you know, it's been ingrained in, into me since I – arrived on campus to hate the Jayhawks so he had a, a fan in his corner that weekend but uh, you know that show we talked quite a bit about CJ Marable and just his continuance of just being great always steps up to the challenge saw him go over 3,000 yards for his career last time out from your perspective what's been his biggest key to growth and evolution He's a quiet leader, you know, Chris. I think he just leads by example, and he just plays hard. He doesn't take any snaps off, and kids just seem to respond to him. He steps up to that mantle of leadership, and, you know, we need guys that can do that. You need people like that on your football team and really in, in any organization. I mean, he's going to be successful, you know, no matter where he goes and what he does after Coastal. I, I think he's an NFL kind of player. You know, I think teams are kind of looking out after him a little bit this year. You know, he had a big season over a thousand yards last year. I think teams are kind of watching him a little more closely, defending him a little bit better. You know, and he's splitting some time in the backfield through the first three ball games. But I, I just think he's a special young man in all all respects. He's very quiet, very humble young man, but I think he leads by example. And and, and the the example that he sets is his work ethic. You know, the way he approaches the game and what, the way he approaches you know this team is there. It's just special. And obviously, Coach Chadwell couldn't say much about his quarterback heading into that Jayhawks game when we last <laughs> talked. So there was nothing to go off of. Let's talk about the emergence of Grayson McCall, redshirt freshman, getting better every week. Hey, you want to talk about a chance, you know, you, we talked about the season having a chance to be special. This young man has a chance to be really, really special. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of knew the deal going into that Kansas game, but you know, they kind of wanted to keep a lid on that thing. They redshirted him last year. I think they did that to, you know, obviously at all costs to try to keep him from, you know, burning up that year. You know, Fred Payton and Bryce Carpenter are two very capable quarterbacks for us. If we had to go out there with either one of those guys, they've won games for us. You know, if something happens to Grayson, but Grayson is just, you just watch him out there. And I was talking with somebody the other day about this. 
it's, you hear this about guys sometimes. The game just seems like it's in slow motion for him. You know, everything is just kind of he, – he's like one step ahead of everybody else on that defensive side of the ball. He doesn't make bad reads, rarely makes bad decisions. I mean, he made a bad one against Arkansas State. But, I mean, that's really about the worst one he's made all year in three games. I mean, he can zing that ball out there. I mean, he threw a ball to Javon Hiley at the Kansas game that, you know, 43 yards later – now, we're in business. I mean, he gets that ball out there so fast, and he can also drop it in there. He's outstanding at running the option, you know, making the right reads on the option game. I wish he wouldn't take so many, <laughs> take so many hits, but, I mean, that's kind of the part and parcel of Jamie's offense. But, I mean, it's, you, you, can just, you know, through three games, you know, I don't want to say that – I don't want to put too much on his plate and, and give him, you know, too many accolades right now because there's obviously a long way to go. But, I mean, you can just, you can just see that the tools – that he has and, and the capability that he has. He, he could be a very, very special one by the time he finishes. I love what you said about him just seeing everything slow down. So many young quarterbacks like that, the game's going so fast. It just yeah. It's tough to process in their minds exactly the speed of those FBS offenses compared to what they saw, what he saw just a couple of years ago in high school, no matter how great that competition may have been and last time out he gets 20 completions four touchdown passes 322 yards and really seems to spread it out pretty well I mean the the receiving core is has some depth we really do you know we're really starting to kind of develop that and that was a position that we took some hits before the season you know there were some guys that we thought we were going to have and they got hurt and we're not going to have them but you know, guys like I mentioned, Javon Hiley, he leads us in catches right now. Isaiah Likely, you know, he's an NFL guy. I mean, you, Arkansas State scores first the other day, and that, you know, first time all year we're behind, and we come right out. I mean, right out, boom. You know, there goes Likely, right past the safety. He's kind of looking a little bit back there, and the next thing you know, there goes Likely. And Grayson just drops it in there, 72-yard touchdown. We've got Cam Brown, who's a big physical kind of guy, transferred from – Charleston Southern, who's doing a really nice job for us. I mean, one read that Grayson made on the goal line. We wanted the tight end of the post down there, and that wasn't there. So he just kind of turns around and says, oh, I got him over there. Out, out there it goes. Touchdown. You know, Cam Brown is a big physical guy. He's making some catches for us. Sam Denmark is playing well. You know, Greg Latushko. We, we've got guys, you know, who can catch the ball. And you talk, you're talking you talking about developing depth. And mm -hmm. some of these guys are coming along, and, and they, they give Grayson targets. And he's going to go hoot the guys open. You know, it's it just one guy. But if they're open, he's going to find them. As dedicated as you are to this program, I imagine it's really gratifying that now people are understanding how good it is out there from a football perspective. And maybe before a couple of years ago that people were really the first thing they thought of when they thought of coastal football was the field. And now it's about the talent. It's about the team. And yeah, the field is, you know, it's an interesting side side note, but uh, the, the teal field is not the biggest uh, thing that people think of with the shot to clears anymore. Yeah, you know, I certainly hope not. I think, obviously, this season off to the start that, that we've gotten off to and the fact that we've been able to be on national television for three consecutive games and yeah. then Wednesday night will be the fourth. The only game you know, in town, too, on Wednesday night. I mean, I mean you can't you – If you're can't a football a fan, there might, be a, there might be a few baseball fans who have uh, their eyes elsewhere, but <laughs> – 
I mean, you can't, Chris, you can't put a price tag on that kind of publicity no. that we're getting. I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting texts from friends of mine that I never get texts from during a ball game. It's like, hey, they're, you know, and they're casual people. They may not necessarily be coastal fans, but hey, they turn on the TV and there we are. You know, and this, like I said, Wednesday night will be the fourth time that we will have a national linear television audience. And, that, and that's just phenomenal. And, you know, you're talking about building up to where we are right now. You know, when we came into the FBS, it was, it was really kind of, it was one of those things we really hadn't planned on that to happen. You know, you look in our league, you look at Appalachian State and Georgia Southern, and those two teams, those two programs kind of built towards the FBS. That was their end game. They, you know, they expanded their stadiums. You know, they, they got their recruiting kind of in line to go from 63 to 85. We got, this kind of came by happenstance for us in 2015. And we try to, you know, try to play catch up ever since then. And we've been trying to develop that depth. We've gone through a coaching change throughout all this. And, you know, finally, here we are, you know, with Jamie's program in year two, you know, slash year three, however you want to, however you want to call that, you know, and we've, we're getting the depth of talent that we need. I mean, it is, you know, people don't, you don't think there's a difference between FCS football and FBS level football? I, I don't know what to tell you because, because right. there certainly is, you know, and, and this league, the Sunbelt League is getting better all the time. And, you know, finally we're, we're to the point where I, where we can be competitive and, and maybe go after championship. Right. And clearly those upper tier FCS teams can compete with FBS ball clubs, but on a week in week out basis, you're absolutely right. It makes a, a huge difference. Well, take me yeah. back to that. Cause that's, that's interesting to me about, the the jump up uh was it just a matter of this opportunity is here and we better not pass on it because it may not come again that is exactly right i mean that that is that is hammer meets nail on that i mean it was the spring of 2015 honestly when the sun belt started to gauge our interest we were not looking for that matter of fact we were trying to figure out if, if you know how to get into the southern conference or how to you know how to get into, you know, other leagues in, in, in the FCS to try to, you know, try to move out of the big South. And uh, the next thing we know, here comes the Sunbelt, you know, Carl Benson's asking questions and, you know, other athletic directors are, you know, trying to gauge our interest. And then in September, 2015, essentially after our recruiting is, was almost done, you know, for that year for FCS, because, you know, the, the signing day was going to be coming along. And of course you don't have that many scholarships, September 2015, we announced, hey, we're, we're going FBS come, you know, July 1st of 2016. And so it's like our coaches had to get back out on the recruiting trail. You know, what are we going to do about our stadium? Because we have to have a plan in place to get it to so many seats, right. you know, to meet the FBS requirement. And, you know, it was it was one of those things where if, if we don't take this opportunity, our leadership said, if we don't take this opportunity, this might not come again. And I think 100% they made the absolute right call. You know, even though it has been, there have been growing pains with football, we're starting to get there now. And a stadium that now will actually host a bowl game. Uh, yep. First time this coming up uh, postseason, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, sure is. Myrtle Beach Bowl. Looking forward to that. So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a great thing for our university, a great thing for fans that want to come to Horry County in the Myrtle Beach area to get away in December for a, what should be ho hopefully, you know, a good bowl game. We got off to talk about a couple of interesting topics, but I did forget to even talk about the defense, and we never want to let those guys feel like they're ignored. Uh, Enoch McConzo, Teddy Gallagher, Silas Kelly kind of leading the charge, but what's been the biggest thing there? I mean, obviously, uh, to win those three ball games needed them to step up quite a bit. Yeah, they've gotten stops. They, they played awfully, awfully well. You know, our, our defense 
start talking about these guys, you start talking about senior defensive end Teron Jackson. You know, that, that guy is, is basically rewriting our defensive lineman record book. You know, he, he now holds a record for you know, career sacks and tackles for loss, and it won't be long. Yards, you know, from tackles for loss, he'll have that record too. Uh, what a just an outstanding young man he is. I mean, Jamie talked about him, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He and I were talking, you know, about him, and, and, and it's just, you know, he, he's such a leader on and off the field. Teams are double teaming him. I think he's getting doubled 60 to 65% of the time because they know how good he is. But that that's opened up things for, you know, guys like C.J. Brewer, defensive tackle, who, you know, Kansas never could figure out how to block him. I mean, he was just all over the place. I mean, and, and he also caught a touchdown pass in that game. And, you know, you mentioned Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly. Those two guys lead us in tackles. Jeff Gunner at our bandit has really, you know, he, he has been a force there. You know, he was a first-team all-conference guy for us in 2018. And then he transferred to NC State. Things didn't work out there for him. He comes back to Coastal and gets immediate eligibility. And we put him at that bandit spot. And he made that interception against Kansas. You know, just a fantastic read. You know, and, he, and he's another super young man, too. All these guys are such good good young men. And, you know, our defense has done a really good job of getting stops when they've, when they've needed to. You know, we were getting pressure on the passer, you know, tackles for loss and sacks. I mean, we're up there nationally, you know, leading in those in those categories. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the offense is being complimented very well right now by our defense. You've had plenty of time to prep for the Raging Cajuns, and you still got a couple more days. First time they've started 3-0 since 1988. So pick your poison. What worries you most about them? Their run game, you know, they, they present different challenges than what Arkansas State did. And, of course, yeah, Arkansas State's a talented team. They've got guys all across the board, but they want to snap the ball, you know, just boom, boom, boom. They're not going to huddle. They're going to get up there and they're going to snap and they're going to try to get it outside of their wideouts and get it going that way and then complement that with a run game. Whereas Louisiana, they're going to line up with that offensive front that I think is as good as anybody in our conference. They're going to line up with those guys up front and then a stable of running backs. You know, you start talking about Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis and Chris Smith and, you know, those guys. And then Levi Lewis just scares the dickens out of you because he'll get out there on the boot. He'll run around. You can't get a shot on him. I mean, he's just so agile and athletic. He was 26 of 30 against us throwing the ball last season. I remember that broadcast. I mean, they just, you know, they whipped us in Conway. And I just remember, is this kid ever going to miss a pass? <laughs> I mean, he was right on the money with everything. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of things offensively that just, you know, that, 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 that concern you and I'm sure concern our coaches. But hopefully, yeah. you know, we can, we can control the ball and the clock like we did against Ark State and keep them off the field. I spent about a decade of my career between covering ULM in Monroe and then covering LSU in Baton Rouge. And both of those fan bases refuse to call them Louisiana. And I kind of understood <laughs> – I understood their, what they, where they're coming from, and I've kind of stuck with that. Or I still go with UL Lafayette or just, you know, just say Raging Cages and avoid the, uh, the place name altogether. <laughs> but, uh, no, those, those two fan bases are adamant. Like, they are not Louisiana. They don't deserve that name. Come on. But That's they're, funny. That's but they're, three, they're three and oh, and uh, hey. if you win, you get to tell the story. That's pretty much how it works. Uh, the winners write the history books, right? Ab but, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That's absolutely right. The Sun Belt had to push back the uh, championship until December 19th, and that's the end of the leeway. Uh, they can't push it back any further. As far as Coastal getting there, kind of alluded to it, no matter how good this team is, it's not just going to be talent and skill this year. It's going to take some luck. you got to hope 
that position groups don't get depleted by COVID-19 and contact tracing and everything else. But I mean, I think Joe, just judging by the, your tone of voice and where you're feeling, I mean, the Chanticleers feel lucky. We do. We feel fortunate. We feel good. You know, we feel like we believe, you know, I, I mentioned the word belief a little bit earlier. I mean, our, our guys believe and you, know, you talk about the COVID and the contact tracing and games and all that, all that kind of thing, you know, going into this season, I, you know, I personally, I didn't know how, how it was going to go. I felt like, I felt like we should give it a chance and let's see if it could work knowing that there will probably be some landmines along the way. You know, there, there will be times where we may not get a game in and, you know, they, if we get eight games in this season, I thought before the season started, I thought that would be, I thought that would be good. Anything, uh, if that, the eight game threshold and beyond that, you know, we're, we're playing with house money just, just because this, you know, this season is what it is. But, you know, if, if we can, you know, continue, our kids can continue to, you know, do the right things and, and keep themselves out of harm's way. I mean, it, it's a virus. You can't see it. People get sick from viruses. You hope it yeah. doesn't hit us in the season. Now it did get us in fall camp. I mean, that's kind of where we took some hits early on. You know, we 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 had some guys that had to had to quarantine, had to isolate. We had the contact tracing. You know, we took some hits early on in camp. You know, Grayson was one of those guys. I mean, it was a lot that was going on then. But so far, you know, knock on wood, so good for us. And hopefully, we can navigate our way through this thing and get to December. You mentioned December nineteenth is it? You know, hopefully, we can get there and you know. Who knows? We, you might see some teal in that championship game if it all goes right. There you go. Uh, before we let you go, I want to talk about you a little bit. Just a, a quick peek at your LinkedIn public affairs at the South Carolina National Guard for over two decades now. How do you manage that and your duties on air with Coastal? I imagine there have had to have been some times where an emergency pulled you away and forced you to miss some games. Well, first of all, I, I appreciate you looking at the LinkedIn. I didn't even know anybody. <laughs> I didn't even know people paid attention to that. I, I do appreciate that. But yes, there are there have been, in fact, times where I have missed. As a matter of fact, we have Hurricane Florence that came through uh, our area in 2018, which necessitated us having to move a game from Saturday to Wednesday. The only other time we've ever played a Wednesday game, we went to Campbell instead of them coming to us. While that game was going on, I was in a Humvee riding down US 701, you know, near Conway. I couldn't go to that game. And so a good friend of mine, Chris Bergen, went and called that game for us. And, you know, there was also the time in 2015 where we had what we call the thousand-year flood. You know, our, our state just got absolutely just drenched and whitewashed with the kind of rainwater that we've never seen. And, and I missed the Presbyterian game that year. So there, there have been times where duties, you know, my, my full-time duties – in the South Carolina National Guard have pulled me away from it. And it is, and you're right, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, to, to try to try to manage all of that, you know, and, and, but, you know, my the guard has been great to allow me to, to have this opportunity to do this. And of course, you know, our director of athletics, Matt Hogue and, and, and the athletics administration have been great to me to allow me to, you know, come and do football. I, I, I can't do really any other sport because of, you know, all the travel and time that it takes to, to go there and do all that kind of thing. But, you know, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I've been with football since 2003, since our mm -hmm. first year. And so it's been great. And, and everybody has really been gracious to me to allow me to do you know what it is that I do. And hopefully, hopefully I can retire from the guard soon. This was supposed <laughs> to have been my retirement year, but okay. you know, COVID has kind of put a, put a little bit of a halt to that, but uh, I've, I've been incredibly blessed. I, I can still work and, 
you know, we'll, we'll see how it all works out, but uh, yeah, it, it has been a challenge and thanks for looking at my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> when you retire uh, from the full-time from the national guard, do you want to take on even more broadcasting responsibilities? Would you try to take up basketball and baseball and add more games to your plate? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work out. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time away from family. Yeah. You know? And it, I, I love what I do. And again, like I say, I've been very blessed to have this opportunity, uh, but, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really, I'm really not worried about it right now. You know, I'm, I'm not that, it's not something I can control, but you know, wh whatever happens, happens, uh, you know, heck, I mean, broadcasting could end tomorrow for me. And I will, I will have said, I've had a great run. You know, I've seen things that, you know, I, I was there in 2016 with the baseball team won the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I, it, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. So you know, whatever happens, happens. I, I, I'm happy with whatever. So we'll see. Well, Joe, uh, really good to visit with you. Looking forward to Wednesday's game and uh, learning a little bit more about you, too. So uh, hopefully we can have you back. Hopefully the shot to clear is keep this thing going, and uh, we'll chat again later in the season. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for having me on. Enjoy the conversation, and go shots on Wednesday night. Coastal Carolina at the Ragin' Cajuns. Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ESPN. Looking back at some key games from Saturday, first in the Sun Belt. Troy is 1-0 in conference, knocking off Texas State at home, 37-17. Trojans QB Gunnar Watson, 338 yards and four touchdowns. And ULM's now 0-5 Overall, Liberty destroys the Warhawks 40 to 7, those seven coming with three minutes left in the fourth. In the American, Temple finally plays its first game. We preview that one on our Friday edition, a two point conversion away from going to overtime at Navy, but the pass falls incomplete. Mids win 31 to 29. Nelson Smith leads Navy with 120 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Conference USA, the return of Marshall after three weeks off. The Herd still looking good, facing a very bad Western Kentucky team, up 28 to nothing at the half, end up winning 38-14. Brendan Knox runs for three touchdowns. And Louisiana Tech survives against UTEP on homecoming night in Ruston, 21-17. The Bulldogs are 2-0 in league play. We'll talk to you again on Friday to preview the weekend. But before that, Coastal Carolina against the Raging Cajuns. Again, that's Wednesday night on ESPN. Plus, another Sunbelt game on Thursday. Georgia State at Arkansas State. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, also on the Mothership, ESPN. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry's Football Conference Call wherever you get podcasts and follow Landry Football on Twitter. Also, be sure to bookmark LandryFootball.com. We'll talk to you on Friday.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.